0: Tables moving. You want to lock the legs? Uh, no, we should be. Maybe fighting. somebody's belly's hitting it.
1: <clears throat> uh, I don't think so. I think you just hit it, bro. I mean,
2: we're technically recording. So, live, live, <laughs> live. <laughs> this is episode six? Episode six. We recorded five on Tuesday. We did. Okay. All right. You ready? Go ahead.
0: Welcome to episode six of the Live with Pride Project. Stop laughing. How does it go? Featuring. Featuring your wa- Your wife. Me. Okay.
2: It's all about Sean.
0: And we have our first guest. It's not all about me.
2: Oh, we do have our first
0: guest. Our very first guest. Very first guest. Very, very first guest. very, very first guest. Do you want to introduce yourself? I, or should Alfonso? I thought you were the guide. Okay, I am the guide. Uh,
2: welcome, everyone. This is episode six of the Live With Pride Project, and we are here with Jessica Vasquez. The wife and also co-owner of Pride Foods, or white the wife of Sean and then co-owner of Pride Foods as well.
0: She's the wife of somebody, I guess.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Well, I guess technically owner. I don't know if you put co in front of it.
0: Well, then what am I? An owner. Oh.
1: Does it have to be
2: co? I don't know. Joint? Dot co. Whatever. It, <laughs> anyways, uh, we are here today. Uh, she was our first guest. We have been trying to get her on this podcast for a while now, but- uh scheduling was a little bit difficult but now we're here
0: i'm busy i have a big boy big girl a job. big boy job
2: oh i mean it is an industry of boys. well true so. so uh i think one of the biggest things i don't know how soon you would like to address this or make the biggest announcement but i'll let you handle that should i do
0: that or should mom do that i don't know
1: you're good at introductions
0: how do we introduce that
1: i don't know that's kind of difficult
0: well, we've been uh, hinting toward it for a few episodes now, I believe.
2: I almost wow. spilled the beans on the last one, Jess. Oh no, you did. <laughs> no, I did not say <laughs> it. You, you went,
0: him. I went, hmm. Him. Yeah, Yeah. People don't know what that means. Well, so um, you can't tell because she looks fabulous in the face. Most of the- In the face. Well, I'm just saying- What like, does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> so most of the time, you look fabulous everywhere. But most of the time, whenever you are expecting, you gain. You know, women a lot gain a lot of weight, and you can kind of tell. But uh, yeah, mom is expecting and due in December. Uh, Can I say the little the name? I mean, not the name, but the uh, sex. Sure. Sure. So we are expecting a little boy. Uh,
1: The day after Kinder's birthday.
0: Yeah. So So that's the big news. Um, While the. CrossFit Games has been going on, the move, um, new product launches, the trip to Florida, everything. Uh, The reason that it's been a little bit more hectic at home is because mom has been working hard at growing a baby.
1: That's typically how we do things around here. You know, Let's have a baby, let's buy some land, let's go to CrossFit Games, let's...
2: Let's just do everything. <laughs> Let's
1: take a trip to Florida. I
0: mean, twins next year sounds appropriate.
2: You said you wanted a basketball team, yeah, right? I do. Well, that's not going to happen. Spoken to the existence. Hey,
0: if I put it in my <laughs> bio go. on Instagram, it will happen. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. So how you feeling? Doing good. How you and really feeling?
1: I feel like when... No, but how you really feeling? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like when you're pregnant, that's just the number one question that you get all the time because it's people just assume that you feel like crap all the time. Maybe. I don't know.
0: But you've been feeling pretty good.
1: I've been feeling pretty good. I've been keeping up on my workouts and trying to keep up with everything. So,
0: Is it me or is it going in and out? Whenever just you talk, Jess, talk a little closer to the mic. The mic. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, you're good. Bee. Say it with the chest.
2: <laughs> I beat Alfonso to it. I would not have said that to your wife, but okay. Don't be a baby. Don't be a... Anyways, uh, definitely a very exciting time. Honestly, half the time I forget you're pregnant. But that's awesome. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I love it when you say that. Yeah. Like honestly, I'm like, Oh yeah, Jess is pregnant. Like that's crazy because you honestly though, like you don't complain about it. Well, at least I've never like heard you complain about it.
1: This time it's been a lot different. When I was pregnant with Kinder, it was extremely difficult to the point where, you know, when we talked about having, we knew we wanted number two, but Mm -hmm. mentally it was just very much like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know if I can go through that again.
2: What makes this time different?
1: Um, I went into it knowing I wanted to do it different. Um, I gained a significant amount of weight when I was pregnant with Kinder. I mean, when I for me, it, I mean, I, I gained fifty plus pounds. Um, I wasn't able to work out. Um, I would never say necessarily I was eating bad, um, but Sean helped me research different. Um, I don't even want to call it a diet, but he he helped me research uh, research different uh, diets, I guess that I could do
0: mm-hmm. food choices,
1: food choices. Yeah. That, that's better. Um, so I changed that. I changed my supplements. Um, I think that was a huge factor with kinder. I was getting migraines every single day and I had to hide that cause a lot of people didn't know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so crazy enough, obviously Sean and I aren't doctors, but
2: no, you guys um, are doctors. <laughs> Let's just say it. I am. Yeah. As
1: soon as I found out I was pregnant, I obviously, I started taking prenatal because that's what everybody does. And um, I didn't correlate it at first, but I was feeling awful. Um, My skin was awful. Everything was awful. Um, And I switched my supplements. And I would say even, you know, the second day of switching my supplements and I, I got off the prenatal, I felt completely different. I felt strong again. I could work out. Um, so that's been a huge game changer, I think.
2: Yeah, he's going to come out looking like Iron Man. Maybe. Better. Like, legitimately. Like, are you an IFBB pro? Already. Already?
1: I don't know. I kind of still have the argument with Sean of like... He's not. Maybe he could have blue eyes. Maybe he could have blonde hair.
0: Can you imagine? Well, I mean, it's important that if we always... Hispanic? It's always important that we, that we have <laughs> dreams in life. But sometimes they just don't come true. And that's okay. So you keep dreaming. I mean, sweetheart.
1: Sean's the one that told me that... Mexicans, Hispanics, like they do have blue eyes.
0: They do. There is some in Mexico. Yeah, they're like the albino. We're in Oklahoma.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but you're still Hispanic, and that's where you come from. I'm like Native American
0: and Scandinavian.
2: You're a lot of different things. I am.
0: But when Kinder
1: was born, I mean, without a doubt. Yeah, I mean they're like twins.
2: Yeah, I'm like Jesus. The eyebrows. Yeah. They got that mean face too. Yeah. (laughs) My God.
1: A lot of times I feel like I look like her nanny more than her mom.
2: I could definitely see that. Not gonna (laughs) lie, I could definitely see that. By the way, I do have to pay you.
1: You have have to to pay pay me for what? Nannying. Oh, okay. So
2: I I don't, I'm lost. What do you mean you have to pay your wife for nannying? She kind of
1: made it a little bit awkward.
2: She's a nanny. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, (laughs) I guess you guys figure that out later. We're breaking
0: that here. Breaking news. Oh. But I don't think it was just the, it wasn't just the supplements. Like she improved the, especially lately, we've always eaten better, a lot better. Um, but it was being a little bit more precise with the food choices. Um, the big one was red meat and eggs, right? Like quality fat sources, foods that are uh, micronutrient dense that Mm -hmm. are uh, fruit, uh, another big one. So not hiding away from carbohydrates, obviously, and then making sure you're getting good fat in as well. That around the same time, if not pretty much the same time, she introduced um, the hardened uh, uh, soil. Yes. Yeah, a lot of the. Uh, I take a a pretty good. I amount. guess
1: you would call it a stack of those.
0: Yeah, it's it's like five or six different different ones. Um, pretty high quality. Some of the probably the highest quality ones I've seen, and. Um, electrolytes. That was huge as well.
1: Um, I didn't know this until this go around, but a lot of the, the nausea feeling that you get, um, and I mean, it's debilitating, like how bad you feel. I just started drinking electrolytes. Literally it's, they're in my cup all the time, Mm -hmm. completely went away. So then I was like, Oh wow, I can function. And clearly, you know, you're going to gain weight when you're pregnant, but, um, I think right now I'm up maybe 20 pounds.
2: You see, and I think that's why I also forget because like you're like, I'm like, oh yeah, like you have a belly, <laughs> but like. 15 of it's the baby. <laughs> yeah, I, um, know, I, I, I I, don't doubt that.
1: But the really, really cool thing for me is I went back and I looked at um, just, you know, some pictures of when I was pregnant at the exact same time frame. And I, I remember I was ruining shoes because of how swollen my feet were. Wow, And I feel like, you know, they just kind of preach that that's the norm. Mm-hmm. And I took a picture, I don't know, two days ago, and I compared those pictures. And then the first picture, you can't even see my ankles. They're that swollen. And the picture I took a couple of days ago, they look completely normal. So now the question to me is, is it really normal mm-hmm. for pregnant women to have swelling and all the all these things going on? Or is it you know, go back to nutrition and supplements and you can avoid it.
0: And you're on your feet more now. Now that especially we're out in the country, um, being outside with kinder, we're going for walks, just being out there. Um, and then just having kinder, right. Jiu-jitsu, school, gymnastics, we're going to and from, you're just naturally on your feet more. So you would think, Oh, well, still going to have, um, retention there and ankle swelling is just not there
1: but I'm also trying to walk <clears throat> as consistent as possible to 20 or 30 minutes nothing crazy I'm no. just trying I told Sean my goal was no matter what just to move like if it if I could do you know some weight training um awesome which I've been still able to train with Gina mm-hmm. um and just walking
2: yeah, I mean, Whenever. when you posted that squatting video, I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, <laughs> "Jess is getting it." Mm-hmm. Over complained about not wanting to train, and Jess is six months in the pregnancy, and just I was squatting, I was like, "That's wild."
1: It's been really cool, um, you know, to train with Gina during this time frame too. Because I'm not gonna lie, there's days where I'm just not feeling it, and I'm just thinking, "I don't want to do this." And I walk in, and we train, you know, go through movements, and I actually start to feel better, mm-hmm. and. I'm actually doing movements that I didn't think I'd be able to do.
2: Yeah. I mean, you're definitely uh, killing it. I'm trying to. No, that's good. But something that I want to get into uh, with this podcast is obviously we can't cover everything because you guys have done a lot of different things. But I do want to get into like your background, the things that you've done, uh, your collegiate career, and just currently what you're doing now for work as well. Cool. So if you were to tell someone in an Uber or wherever who you are, what would you tell them?
1: That's an interesting question. And how did you end up with this it's, man? It's
2: <laughs> I think that's the question that people all want to know.
1: It evolved where, you know, my, my identity before was always, you know, I'm a gymnast. Mm-hmm. Um, where now my identity first would be a wife and a mom. Right. First and foremost. But if we're going to back all the way up, um, I competed. I was a competitive gymnast, you know, since I was... I started when I was six years old. Um, I was going to nationals by the time I was in fifth grade, which I think, I think, I don't know, that's nine.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to think of what the age is on that. That's actually like really young.
1: I I mean, now that I think back on it, every, every gymnast is different, but I mean, I definitely think that's pretty young Mm -hmm. to start going there. I was traveling all over the country and that was just my life. That's what I, um, I would eat, sleep and breathe gymnastics. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, All my friends, you know, they knew, oh, Jess can't come because she's got practice or she's, you know, in a different state competing. Mm -hmm. Um, My path with college was rather interesting because I I always knew I was very talented and that um, I was really good. Mm -hmm. But it was like I felt like I always had to convince, you know, maybe the college recruiters. Mm -hmm. It was because I just wasn't good at marketing myself. And that was... That was way before kids were. I mean, now they're doing it on Instagram and and YouTube, so I it's a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. But I uh, mean, it's a lot easier. I, <laughs> I would say we were making VHS tapes and having to edit those.
2: Oh wow! And, and that's, send those.
1: Yeah, you're mailing VHS tapes to college recruiters.
2: That's old school. Back in the day.
1: Um, and even just old school, keeping up on um correspondence with phone calls. I mean, I don't feel like people do that anymore.
2: No, not at all.
1: Um, I wasn't the best at it. I didn't really have any teachers at it. Um, So I thought I was just going to stay close to home, which was naturally would be go to Missouri. Mm -hmm. Um, That kind of fell through and and they offered me a walk on, which I was super disappointed because they sold me on a scholarship. Uh, But I think they knew I wanted to go there. uh Um, And that's kind of where my path started of I can make different choices Mm -hmm. um in the sense of I don't want to go down this path and then when you're at the end realize like hey I could have done something else just because I I didn't try right so I started really thinking you know if I can walk on here I can walk on anywhere Mm -hmm. if that's if that's the route I'm going to take um so last minute OU reached out to me and I snagged that opportunity and, and walked on at OU. Um, interesting dynamic with OU is it was a, a different coach than what I ended up with. Um, and the team didn't really know how to take it because it was very last minute. Typically, you take recruiting trips, you meet the team. Um, but I was this walk-on that came out of nowhere. And typically, I mean, when I, when I started, typically walk-ons were the kids that were on the team but weren't necessarily competing in lineup all the time. I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I was competing all four events as a walk-on, which at a top program like OU at that time, that wasn't very common.
2: You're like the Baker Mayfield.
1: I don't, I don't know Baker's story. I'm sorry. Oh, he's a
2: walk-on. <laughs> Is he really? <laughs> yeah, he walked on to Texas Tech and OU.
1: Yeah, I didn't know that.
2: And got a Heisman. Anyways, continue.
1: So <laughs> it was always promised to me, hey, if you if you work hard and hold up your end of the deal, we'll give you a scholarship. That was part of me committing to OU and I was like okay awesome well then I found out that wasn't gonna work and it was it was pretty there was a lot of tension between I guess you would say me taking the spot um in a lineup from a scholarship athlete on the team mm-hmm. um so I just decided you know maybe it wasn't for me and I needed to go down a different path so as much as I hate to say it I I quit I quit the team
2: oh you did I did I did not know that
1: I, I completely stopped competing. I, um, but the, the crazy thing that I think back on is, you know, I don't know how I, I don't know how I did it. I don't mentally, I don't know how I stayed focused and stayed in the game because I kept training. Mm -hmm. I found a gym that allowed me to swap out, you know, working for training. And I honestly didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know if I was going to compete again. I didn't know if I was going to go to college. I just knew it wasn't time for me to quit mm-hmm. training. Um, so then there was a coaching change, and um, which is now KJ. She's the head coach at OU. Mm-hmm. She would actually, she was recruiting me to go to Iowa State before I committed to OU. So I call, I literally called her up, found her phone number, called her and said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me, but uh, you tried to recruit me to Iowa State. Now you're here and now I want to be on, back on the team. So I had to essentially go through the recruiting process all over again. The coaches came out, watched me practice, um, basically said, you know, we're going to start you out as a walk-on, kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so in another sense, it was like a, a do-over and um, started out as a walk-on, totally different dynamic with how they ran the team. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, like in a better way?
1: In a better way because they didn't segregate scholarship athletes from walk-ons. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody had to put in the work. If you are a scholarship kid and you are not willing to put in the work, you know, next.
2: Oh, for real? For sure. That's yeah, that's a good thing. So it was cool because yeah, yeah. it was
1: it was more of a team dynamic. Now there was growing pains to go with that because right, you have returning athletes that were used to the old way, so I expect things. A lot of growing pains. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came about that there was an opportunity for a scholarship and it was awesome. I was able to accept that. And then part of that deal with the scholarship was, um, you know, take a fifth year, still compete. And I was able to get my master's degree too. Dang. So that's the, that's the gymnastics.
2: So I, I remember you telling me this once, did you like win and were you there when they started winning national titles? Or you like the beginning of that?
1: I was not there when they were winning national titles. So when when KJ took over, it was it was a big deal to win Big Twelves. Mm-hmm. So it started out that way. We were winning Big Twelves. Um, we were what they call the first seed of um, in regionals mm-hmm. instead of second because they would take the top two. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a huge accomplishment. And our goal then was to make finals at nationals. Mm-hmm. We missed it my senior year. And then I was the grad assistant helping out with the team and the year after is when they made finals, which was a huge deal.
2: So you weren't on that team but you were a grad assistant Correct so you had graduated essentially right but you were yeah because you started coaching after right
1: So grad assistant I was at, I was finishing up my master's degree but still mm-hmm. helping out and traveling with the team mm-hmm. um, and then once I graduated with my master's degree, I went on and was coaching d1. Um, mm-hmm.
2: When'd you get your
0: masters then?
1: Ah, uh, it's, it's Intercollegiate so Intercollegiate
0: <laughs> Athletic Administration. Oh wow. And higher learning. Dang, you higher remember education. that? Higher education.
2: That's crazy that you remember That's that.
1: That's crazy that he just remembered it very quickly.
0: Well I've bragged quite a bit.
2: I mean <laughs> I mean you have a masters. That's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah. Wild. But also to uh add on to where ou is at now they don't get there at least externally from what i see and it's is probably with a lot of sports but i think specifically for sure with with uh women's gymnastics it's a recruiting game and how nice is your facility and all these different things that you can offer that team and and those i think a lot of young women then and maybe even now but they had uh uh, plans maybe to be Olympics and stuff, do you know, compete in the Olympics and stuff. So having a great facility and having a, a good environment and a good team, a great team, those things are very attractive to those, those, those parents and those young ladies. And so you don't get to where they are now without those building blocks. And I think that's true for a lot of different places, right? Right. But um, what I saw specifically, so they don't get there without – those building blocks of, of what I was able to, to witness and see, turn the corner. Right. And then slowly building where they are now is and then being able to recruit the, the young ladies that they do now and the facility. I, I remember seeing the facility when it, when we first met to where it is now, it's just, it's crazy. It's they're really, really gonna nice. Do, and they're, they're going to do now. another one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is wild. um So the money they're able to bring in and even going to the meets versus like going to them now I mean, they sell out, it's a packed house, it's wild. Yeah, I There's don't I don't barely think...
1: anybody in the crowd when I was competing. Yep. Yeah,
2: I don't <laughs> think people understand, like it's actually a pretty big deal. Yeah. To be part of OU gymnastics. And like you were at the be like kind of like the forefront of the turning of, of of that. So like that's like really, really cool.
1: The the awesome part that I would call out is what an amazing job the coaching staff does because, you know, I feel like obviously KJ's the head coach, so she's, you know, kind of the face Mm-hmm. Of that, but you've got Lou and you've got Tom and, and Jen. She's athletic trainer. I mean, it it works because they all work so well together. They're like, a unit. Definitely. Yeah. They are a unit. But the other piece of that is, I mean, yes, they're recruiting the top of the top. But they're also recruiting talent. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's where I was. Is I never necessarily, I wasn't, I wasn't on the national team. I wasn't winning nationals, but... Clearly they saw something in me to be able to continue to, de- to, develop. Mm-hmm. And once you get to college, I feel like it's pretty common for coaches not to continue to develop that athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but they really leave it in the hands of the athlete as well. So yeah. if you're willing to work for it, by all means, go for it and we will guide you along the way. Right. There was a conversation. I, I can't remember if it was last year. It was a while ago that I had with KJ and she's so awesome because, I mean, it's it's weird to say, but I've been out of it for 10 years. And I just, on a whim, decided to call her. And I, I don't call her. I need to call her more than what I do. <laughs> but I never call her, and she answers after probably the first ring. And we started talking about different things, and I just happened to ask her advice on something. And, um, you know, I just started thanking her for everything that they did for me. And I was literally, I don't even know how she could understand me. It was, I was just like a blubbering basket case. (laughs) And I was thanking her and I told her, you know, in life that up until I accomplished what I did at OU, I kind of walked around life like I had a chip on my shoulder because I felt like nobody took me serious Mm -hmm. or nobody gave me a chance. Right. When I knew I could do things. And, um... You know, she kind of turned it back on me, and she's like, "It's very flattering that you gave me this compliment." But she, she said, "We didn't do it. You know, you're the one that did it. We were just there."
2: Right. And I feel like to kind of fast forward to where you are now, you work really hard, like really, really hard, to be in your position, like at your job. And I'm just kind of like, "Holy shit!" Because not only that, just to walk on and to get a scholarship and to work hard, but like you currently now still have that same like attitude like you're definitely like a killer and I get nervous around you sometimes (laughs) but I mean yeah
1: (laughs) it's funny because I don't I don't walk around with a that in my head I I just you know I see it as I I have to stay focused and I have to do xyz um and it's it's awesome to hear that you have that um you know I guess you'd say interpretation um because I don't see myself that way.
2: No, I mean you're also very welcoming and very nice and sweet. But at the same time, I also know
0: that to get out of the way. <laughs> so, to touch on the podcast that we just did on doing like what you, your parents, what you see, right? Like you got to see her parents, right? Like her mom. Your mom had the same job for thirty years. Thirty years. Thirty years. Like. I don't remember when, you know, we've been together 15, 16, going on 16 now. Don't, don't try to quiz me. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Loyalty. And, uh, I don't I mean never sick, always on time, same job, 30 years, 30 years, dude. Right. And then her dad always just working, working, not not, not like, oh, he never did dad stuff. Like he did those things as well, but, and the guy can do literally everything. And build a house to fix a car to you name it mm-hmm. so she saw that her entire life and so she just does the same thing and does it very well right a
1: lot of that was instilled from from when i was little like what you're saying and we instill it with kinder of you know you you can do anything and i remember my dad even saying early on like hey, if you want to be a mechanic or if you want to be a pilot, which clearly is very male dominant, you can go do it. Mm -hmm. Nobody's, nobody's really going to stop you. It's just the ones that are saying you can't do it.
2: Mm -hmm. No, I mean, that is, that is true. But I do think I would like to, because obviously there's a story after college, but I would like to fast forward. We'll eventually get to how you met Sean. But (laughs) what are you currently doing and what do you do now?
1: So I currently work for Budweiser. Um, I am a, a sales director that covers the entire state. And um, I really love my job right now because I, we officially opened our doors to distributing third-party brands that we don't own. Mm-hmm. So essentially, I get to vet these brands and take a look at you know their business model or their growth and decide if it's a good opportunity for us uh, launch the brand, make sure the, the sales team is, has the training that they need and the tools that they need. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, it's a lot, but it keeps me on my toes and it's, um, I get to build new relationships, which is one of my favorite things.
2: Yeah. I mean, every time I go to this convenience store and pick up an energy drink, I always think
0: of you. (laughs) I'm like, shout out to Jess. And she started as a route sales rep.
1: I started out throwing beer is kind of how they say it. It's very, it's a very male dominant industry. Um, And it's
0: like, like good old boy, male dominant. You know what I mean? What do you mean by that? It's just country boys. Uh, Yeah. 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 Like got a dip in the mouth going in and she was in the country. (laughs) So it's going know, rule. She's going, you know, there were some accounts in town. Cause
2: this started in Texas, right?
0: Not here. Oh, it started here. Yeah. Norman. Yeah. Uh, And
1: it's not, starting out, it's not a glamorous job. I mean, you're going into gas stations and as a female, as everybody knows, gas stations aren't necessarily the cleanest or safest mm -hmm. to go into, but you're going in the back of the cooler, you're stocking beer, um, you're counting beer, you're talking to a plethora of different retailers. Um, Some of them are very hard to understand because they don't speak English and you're writing beer orders. And I mean, that's that's how I started.
0: And culturally, some of those store owners are not uh, used to having to talk to women.
1: I remember going in with my first boss and I was training and he said, hey, this is your new Budweiser rep. And he literally looked past me, looked at him and he's like, can she do the job? Can she handle it? And that's when I was like, wow, okay, here we are.
2: (laughs) And then the killer came out and here we are. Here we are. That's uh, yeah, because like I said, every time I go to the gas station, I always think of you because the Budweiser, I always see it. Like he, they runs a the route here and he drops out everything off. I'm like, oh, I was like, I know that's in there because of Jess.
1: <laughs> it, it's awesome to know how that operation works because it's extremely complex, but to be able to work my way up from a sales rep all the way to a sales director. I mean, at one time here recently, I was the only female sales mm-hmm. director in the whole state of Oklahoma. Which I never think about it. But when I think about it now, I'm like, wow, it's that's pretty cool. It's
2: a big deal. Yeah. So to kind of, I guess, backtrack now in the question I think we're all waiting for, is how did you two meet?
1: I always preface this. Tinder <laughs> Tinder wasn't even around. I don't even think that was a thing. <laughs> no, yeah, that was not crunch. a thing. What's crunch? What's
0: crunch? Grind.
1: How do you know what crunch is? I'm just saying words now. Oh. I always kind of preface Suspect. this story is that what is up with this fly?
2: I know this fly's been bugging me today. Um, I'll mark him.
1: That you know Sean and I obviously were talking but uh, I told him I would never date him and clearly clearly that. He took that as a
0: challenge. Victory. (laughs) Still working on it.
1: But um, Sean and I met he was in the army I was competing on the gymnastics team and I was in the mindset of you know I don't have time for a boyfriend Mm -hmm. I'm I'm a full-time student-athlete, you know, I'm trying to maintain close to a 4.0 GPA. Um, Not only do I not have time to date or have a boyfriend, but a long-distance one at that. Right. Um, So Sean turned on that charm, (laughs) I guess, is what you'd say.
2: (laughs) Well, he told me that he sent you essentially memes.
1: Yeah, he uh, well, it was before were, Yeah, before they were memes. Yeah, they on, were memes. Yeah. <laughs> I
2: was the OG. Like, Sean is like, OG, oh, OG. Oh, he
1: convinced me that if I gave him my number, he wouldn't bother me, but mm-hmm. he would only send me jokes.
2: So, were you guys like at a party when you met, or how, like, how, how, did, how did you end up in I Norman? I think we
1: both had the same friend, and we were at, you know, a party, uh-huh. I guess you would say, at somebody's apartment, and he happened to be in town, and-
2: and You were just like, "That's the one, the one." <laughs> I'm him. I'm <laughs> him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and he he held true to what he said. He would only send me jokes, but I remember the first one was: "Is how much wood I can't even finish." How it. much
0: wood would a woodchuck chuck, if a woodchuck could chuck wood? What did she say? If a woodchuck could chuck wood, a wood woodchuck, a wood woodchuck could chuck. Wood, wood chuck, wood, wood chuck wood. Okay. What was your response? I think he's just bragging. What was your it. response?
2: Did you even respond? No, L- I did. Like an LOL.
1: I think I would just laugh at him. Yeah. Cause it was kind of like a test to see if he was going to fo- actually follow through with what he said.
2: Uh, uh,
0: and then yeah. I would send her videos of like running into walls and like jumping through doors and glass and just obnoxious, like uh, jackass stuff. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yeah. Literally before I uh, wish we would have kept the videos and like put them online. Yeah. The millionaires. Because I mean, kind of backtrack to the last podcast, we kind of
2: opened up a little bit more about your story. Mm-hmm. You were, you know, in the army. And you had just made that big, like, move into the army. And Jess is, like, the sweetest person ever. And I was the opposite. And you were, like, the exact opposite. How did that, like, did you know, I guess, like, the things that he was going through? Or were you just kind of like, oh, this is a nice guy that just keeps sending me funny messages?
1: I would be, I'm being completely honest. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. I I didn't know near the detail of his story. Mm -hmm. He was just different because he was so nice.
2: Mm. I think is. So be a sweetheart is the key.
0: Well, I was nice and then I wasn't. Let's just be, (laughs) let's just be real. You know, whenever, whenever there are certain, uh, intoxicating substances involved, um, the, the pain that I was dealing with came out and we had our trials and tribulations. And I, and honestly, I don't think, uh, no, I know, that she did not come to learn any of that until we were probably a few years married already. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that stuff didn't start to come out until it came unavoidable to uh, mm-hmm. ignore and did not work on. Right. Um, and, and caused issues, caused some serious issues and it i mean rightfully so right when that stuff starts to not get dealt with for your entire life it does um so while you know it was the niceness you now what got her to stay still baffles me um sometimes i question you know <laughs> how uh, what's going on up there in the in the head for her to stay
1: but i think that all goes back to i mean When we got married, clearly we knew we grew up completely different, Mm -hmm. but where he was heavily involved with my family, I feel like you had a pretty good grasp on my history and my background and things like that, where at the time I didn't realize it, but for me, it was more surface level Mm -hmm. on how Sean grew up. Um, but every, everybody in a relationship, they go through some stuff. Um, and I saw my parents go through stuff and they always worked through it mm-hmm. and there's obviously they're still together today.
0: Right. 50, 50 years, 50 years, 50 years.
1: Wow. So I think that has a lot to do with it mm-hmm. is just knowing that you work, you work through stuff. You don't just give up. Right. And there was, there was a time, you know, that I truly didn't know if Sean and I were going to make it with some stuff that we were going through um but I at the end of the day I knew that if I didn't put forth the effort that I was I would always wonder
2: yeah and that's the worst and I never
1: wanted to wonder I just wanted to know that I did my best and I exhausted all of the options Mm -hmm. before I moved on
0: right and I just wanted to run yeah and that's what I mentioned yesterday or two days ago is young me should have you know good run and then got to a point where I had to stop running and put your feet down. And and so I stopped running, I went to a jog and then to a walk. And then I'm getting to now where I just stay put, I dig my heels in and I deal with everything. Um, but I yeah, so the only reason that it continued to work is cuz she wouldn't give up. Right. Cuz I'd already and mentally given up.
2: Cuz you guys got married after cuz how long were you guys together before you got married? And then where were you guys at when you got married?
1: We were together five years, but that entire five years, we were completely long distance.
0: With the exception of maybe six months. Yeah. How did you guys make, like, where were you? I was in Fort Campbell. Mm-hmm. 680 miles. That's Kentucky, right? 10-hour drive. <laughs> I was the only one to travel to make he this li- work. He
1: likes to brag on that now. Uh-huh.
0: So, But <clears throat>
1: given the circumstance, I was on the OU team trying to earn a scholarship, and I couldn't just... You know, take and you were what like
0: twenty twenty one. We we met right before your twenty first birthday.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah,
0: and um, and so uh, Fort Campbell, Kentucky, Norman, Oklahoma. Well, I would travel. I got out of the army.
1: This crazy guy would drive ten hours on a Friday, get there late Friday, Saturday morning. Yeah, pretty much Saturday morning, and we would spend Saturday together, and he would turn around and leave. Sunday
0: midday midday yeah ten hour drive yeah um, and a
1: canary yellow
0: Mustang no 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 I never had the Mustang <laughs> yeah, that's right. yeah I borrowed I didn't have a my truck was back home my motorcycle was back home and my roommate at the time let me borrow his Ford Focus or Ford something I loved it too because I mean it took one taking gas pretty much mm-hmm. but I would drive um so from there I got out and before going back home for six months to do a uh, semester there, I stopped and stayed for a few months in Norman. And then, you know, her dad essentially uh, kicked my foot in the, you know, he did it not because I was dating his daughter. He did it as as a like, man, what are you going to do with your life now? You can do these things.
1: He wanted to. He wanted to put off college.
0: Sean did. Yes. Well, I didn't want to. I didn't want to go. I didn't. So her, her. At least you said that yeah I (laughs) her dad asked me what I was gonna do Mm -hmm. and I said well I don't know maybe go work in the oil field right because that's what everybody did um and I was getting out of the army I didn't know what I was gonna do right and he's like well why don't you go to college and uh I said well I'm too dumb to go to college people like me don't go to college not you know my family or where I'm from and at the time um nobody in in my family uh my direct family and then uh you know my cousins or whatnot had had gone to college and gotten a degree um so I was the first to to go and to accomplish a four year degree, but um, he pretty much called bullshit on that, and he said, "Well, if you go and you keep your grades, I'll pay for your books mm-hmm. And at the time, I was like, well I, can, I I can go for this thing called the Texas Hazelwood Act and it can pay for your school so um while I was there in Norman doing nothing besides living off of the little bit of dollars that I had saved up. Um, bumming pretty much cleaning the house, uh, <laughs> trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I was like, all right, I'm going to go back to Wharton County, essentially where I grew up, go to college there, community college. And I went back there and I didn't know it at the time, but I partaked in all the stuff that I essentially left from, uh, I was drinking and partying in the army, but when I went back to college, like at least in the army, there's some accountability, right? There's some, right. When I went to college, there was no accountability. I was starting to get into bodybuilding a little bit, but partying a lot. And we lived next to, I lived with a buddy of mine, went to high school with, he went to the Navy, we got out at the same time, moved in together. Um, we were partying a lot and we lived next to the baseball guys. They were partying a lot. So it just, um, there wasn't going anywhere. And then I was still about seven, eight hours from her and uh, a semester there. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta leave. It's just not, I didn't even know what necessarily I was running from. I just. You seem to get out of that environment. Yeah, it was fun. but And I, I, and, and, and I never even, I don't know why I was there. Cause in the six months I never even went back to my house to see my dad. Cause mm-hmm. we didn't you know, the relationship there is Rocky. And, um, I would just be there for because it was comfortable because i was scared to get out and so i went as far north as i could staying in texas going to school getting it paid for but being closer and at that time it was about two and a half two hours i went to north texas and didn't um and that's where i kind of got into bodybuilding did my first show finished school in three years um which
1: is crazy for somebody that it doesn't, doesn't like school. You finished it a full degree in three years. I'm very
0: good at manipulating the system. So I cheated my way through as much as I possibly could. Some classes it was unable to do that. And I did have to study. And it was pretty crazy to see, oh, I applied myself. Oh, and and in reality, don't remember much of it at all because anatomy, physiology one two. Um, I studied so well that I regurgitated it and I was able to pass the exams and stuff like that. Now, I don't remember that much of it. But nonetheless, I'm like, oh shit! I applied myself, and it felt like rewarding, oddly enough. I, I think I may have gotten C. I definitely didn't get like a B or an A. So, um, you know, I worked my way through the system to get the degree. I never, I didn't even walk because it didn't mean much to me. Still doesn't, I guess, really. Um, but I didn't even walk. Mm-hmm. I think I moved. Well, we so moved. you
1: were, you weren't done with your degree yet. I finished my master's and then. I took oh,
0: my internship. That's right.
1: I took the job, uh, my coaching job mm-hmm. for the D1 University, um, and me- moved to the middle of nowhere in Missouri while Sean was still at North Texas. So
0: she moved. Don't discredit this. She competed before me. So she did the Europa fitness mm-hmm. in August, took the job. Bro, I'm telling you, she got done. Everything was packed up. We went to Waterburger. Girl had to get <laughs> Waterburger for the first time. Went to Waterburger, ate, and I drove her to Saint to Southeast Missouri while I was prepping. For I was, your first show. I was prepping for my first show. She was. She had competed. She had started the prep after me and competed before me because I was doing a longer prep. But I was six weeks out. She competed. Literally got in the car after she competed and drove to Southeast Missouri. We didn't even stay the night. Like we, we like, drove straight through. Yeah, we drove straight. We were already packed up. Drove straight through. You moved as well? Or were you done with the university yet? No, I was not done. Um,
1: he did it. He finished, you finished your internship.
0: No, no, that's not even, inter- I was still actually taking courses. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I was on
2: death. So so it was
1: a little bit delayed.
2: Yeah. How far, are you removed from, or how far were you from
0: finishing school though? At that point, um, I guess a semester is how long? Six, six months, months yeah. four or five. So I mm-hmm. was, I was right just over six months because, um, the, it was an internship. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think it was like four months and then like I had to wait because internships typically don't last the full semester. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I completely fudged the fucking internship as well. Like literally made it up. What like, was that? Uh, a buddy of mine and, uh, uh, well, buddy of mine, I'll say his name owned, uh, <laughs> a gym in Norman. Mm-hmm. And my degree—I forgot about this. I completely fucking lied. The whole—that's—I don't I'm, think I, you've
1: even said what your degree's in. We talked about mine. Uh,
0: corporate-based wellness, health promotion, corporate-based mm-hmm. wellness. Um, and I was like, "Hey, Troy. So I got to move, like, to go see to be with Jess. And I just met this guy. I shouldn't have said his name. I uh, he just said whoops. His name. Last name. <laughs> uh he won't care. And I said, uh, "I need to like." you're to sign off on like me doing this internship at your gym. It's a private training facility. He goes, all right. And so like I designed like this corporate brace wellness that I think I might've copied from somebody else and made my own little twist and things on. And, uh, like said, I was like at this place every day and doing these things. And I made the presentation and I sent it off and got approved, passed, Check the box. Check the box. Didn't do a sh- like a single day of any type of fucking internship whatsoever. I was actually working two part-time jobs while I was doing this internship. Um, I completely forgot about that. That's hilarious. And so <laughs> I was able to move. I said I was a Norman. I wasn't in Norman. I said I moved. Uh, well, then I moved to uh, Southeast Missouri and Cape Girardeau, I guess Jackson, where she was coaching at that time. And that was our first time that we had actually lived together. We had spent a considerable amount of time because uh, when I was in North Texas, I would pretty much do like three or four days there and then the other three or four days here and then just bounce back and forth.
2: Right. And I feel like, you know, you guys getting to Missouri is kind of like the beginning of the story. I know for like your journey with bodybuilding and then obviously like you as well just with coaching and then you guys not to get too much in detail, but you guys were in Missouri and then you guys moved again. What happened there? Were you guys like, what ha- I guess, well, how was your time in Missouri? And then what was it like moving again? Because obviously I know that, but the listeners don't.
0: Want me to, you want me, I'll go on on it real you quick. You
1: can go on on it, but just to touch on, you know, that technically was, I guess you could say, my first like big girl job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And Sean and I talk about this all the time. That job was paying 28000 a year.
0: Before taxes.
1: Yeah, all before taxes. And I, um, and I was
0: making pennies. My two part-time jobs. You had
1: two part-time jobs. Yeah. Um, awesome experience. Um, I think my first year I got assistant coach of the year. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once again, I, I just uh, wasn't sure the environment was right for me.
0: Mm-hmm. The, the environment wasn't right for her. I'm not going to sugarcoat shit about that. <laughs> It was it, it wasn't a good environment, man. It just wasn't Yeah, and that's nothing wrong with that. No, and she was working her ass off again, mm-hmm. right? Like always. Right. Um, and wearing her heart on her sleeve for these young ladies, and, and rightfully so, um, and trying to be everything for them and just the, the leadership and at the time shouldn't I don't know how they got that position. And so you know, she would come this is this is where I started to wake up to like I don't like I got uncomfortable and and it wasn't as much run as it was like I I got to get out of this position and because um i saw I saw it on her and I heard it you know from her and then so many times over and I just I was trying to like get I I didn't even know I was trying to get to a better 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 place but she was like that lighthouse for me to move towards mm-hmm. and then because something was so negatively impacting her, I could not I didn't have that anymore in her. And, and that's fine, right? She doesn't need to be that for me, but I, that's what she was for me to help mm-hmm. me through those things. And we, I,
1: you, we had a pretty, you know serious discussion and that, that's one of those define I call them defining moments. Those moments that you remember years later where you could either go right or you could go left. And I remember telling Sean, you know, I, I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. Like I'm going to see this thing through Mm -hmm. and I'm not going to quit because I'm not going to quit just because it's hard. Right. And Sean, you know, got through to me that just because I move on doesn't mean I'm a quitter. It just means my priorities have changed. And that really hit for me is it's like, it doesn't have to mean I quit something just because I stopped doing it and I redirect.
0: Right. And, and the weird thing is, is it, the conversation was, was way ahead of my time. It was a conversation that you would think that I would have now through all the work that I've done. I sat down, I didn't take anything personal. I wasn't manipulative. I just, I just spoke and I was like, Hey, I was like, I get it. I understand. And I was like, I just can't do this. It wasn't negative. I was like, I just, I, I can't do this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm here to support you, but we need different. We need to. You guys are married at this point as well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Newly married. Newly married, and it was just. Uh, so then, <laughs> I moved to Kansas City, where her, where she's from. Mm-hmm. She stays behind for a couple of months. I
1: had to finish out the season.
0: I was prepping for a show mm-hmm. again. Again, <laughs> um, she. So then I'm living like in the basement of her parents' house. She moves. Which wait, the basement's wait. not finished. Not finished. <laughs> Sleeping on a futon, the one that's in the office now. Mm-hmm. Never getting rid of that thing. Um, I'm a trainer at a gym. She comes up, gets a job as a trainer at the gym, decides to prep for the same show.
1: That was really fun.
0: Yeah, idiots. And uh, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I'm prepping, in 22-week prep at that point. No cheap meals, no refeeds, blah, 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 hardcore, hashtag. Uh, prep life. Prep life. Oh, man. And uh, so we do that, you know. uh, And then move again. Go back to. So I moved ahead of her. Yeah. She, you know, came behind me. Had to finish up what she was doing. And then again, just not happy. And wasn't running as much as like trying to figure out what we're going to do and this, that, and the other. I
1: feel like we were just trying to find our way. A groove a
0: little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I moved to Norman. Back to Norm, back to Oklahoma, a circle. Uh, again, ahead of her, get a job at a construction company, project manager. Um, she gets a job at Anytime Fitness.
1: Yeah, I was essentially running the personal training business there
0: on the Anytime Fitness and more. Right, yep. 19th Street. Yep. Um, and again, just both of us not necessarily happy with what we're doing. Um, I'm tr- I, I'm go back and forth. I stop the construction job. I go to training. Um, and then she's busting her ass again, getting paid pennies, working six days a week for over a year, promises left and right, builds up the training business to doing very, very good numbers, um, consistently. And it kind of starts again where she's not happy, the situation, the environment. And it's, it's not like just complaining She's working her ass off and then just like, man, it's just, you could just, she wasn't happy. And so that's when, um,
1: Sean actually found the Budweiser job for me.
0: I started looking on Indy to like two, three in the morning and I'm prepping for shows left and right. So like I can't sleep anyways, but I'm looking to, for jobs. And I remember finding the Budweiser job at like two in the morning. I sent it to her next day. I told her cause she's not happy. She's not happy. She's spending all of her time at work. She's not able to look right, and I—I I mean, I see her, and I'm like, "You got a master's? You got all this this experience? Like, you know, she has it. Yeah, like I see it. Mm-hmm. So I find this job, and she's like, "I don't know. I'm like, just apply. Like, what's gonna hurt? Just apply. Apply. Don't think anything of it. A month goes by, maybe a month and a half.
1: It was a month and a half because I forgot that I yeah. applied for it when they called me.
0: Yeah, and then she gets a uh, you know the job interview and the rest just restart that job. Um, Crazy
1: thing about Budweiser is. I'm not, I'm not a beer drinker. I didn't even know all the beer brands they had or the packages they had. So, I mean, that was a learning experience in itself, literally mm-hmm. starting from scratch.
2: And was this job in Oklahoma? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, she so, still took a nut. We moved again. Yeah. Cause <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah, that's a, you guys had another move.
1: Oh, well, I feel like I was in that job for about a year and that's where things really got shaky at,
2: but with, at the,
0: the, with Sean and I, Oh, with Sean and I because then i found it to realize like my happiness was uh, it was a direct yeah yeah it was it was me it was me that wasn't you know doing the things if you will right. right but i also started to have like progress in bodybuilding and and a direct correlation of like again like if i study i'll i'll pass right um i was like oh i'm doing all this hard work and i can I could do something and not with bodybuilding. I wanted to, I didn't ever have these grandiose like desires for bodybuilding so much. I wanted to use it as a, as a, as a um, gateway to help me get into the industry and start working within the industry. Well, you love bodybuilding for bodybuilding, right? You don't
2: love it for, you didn't love it for social media. You're still the same way now. You love it
0: because it's hard work. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think also at the time I loved it because it was suffering and that was, that's, didn't realize it, but that's what I was used to. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it felt at home to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I had, I had an opportunity. We were going through our stuff. We we're going through our stuff. And I mean, that's, that's, that's for another episode. I'm sure because it's, it's a lot. It, it really is a lot. And, um, we decided to continue to work together and work, mm-hmm. work on it and take a job. I take a job. And again, I think I moved up again first, first, but and, I, I
1: mean, I that's even another defining moment too because although we decided that we we're going to work on it together and continue, it was still shaky, right? And the the few people that were close to me that even knew that things were going on, I think part of them thought I was either making a bad decision, bad decision, or I was crazy for moving with Sean to Texas because I was leaving my stable Budweiser job, and in my head it was. Hey, I can either make this jump and, again, once again, try because what's the worst? I'm going to try and it's not going to work and right. I'll figure something out. And
0: I think at this point she had learned that I was that person where if I said I'm going to go, right. I'm going to go. And we thought – we both of us thought, like, oh, Sean's going to just up and go one day. He's going to be gone. Both of us thought that. And then finally we said we're going to work together. We'll work on this. And I said, I'm going to go.
1: So it was either I try – and try with sean and it either works or it doesn't or i just don't go and then i just don't have that opportunity at all
2: what job so you guys move you took the job at nutrax correct yep what job did you take
1: so i went down and they didn't have uh my same job they didn't have like a i guess a corporate job but there was a third-party company that budweiser would hire out for a plethora of different jobs so i can i took a completely different job Still doing Budweiser things. I didn't know the city. I didn't know anything about it, but just kind of jumped. So in. that was
2: your first time living in Texas, right? Yep.
0: Yep. We lived in North Texas. I had the Nutrex job for over four years. Yep. She was in Budweiser and diff- and Benny Keith at the time, different roles within the beer industry at mm-hmm. Benny Keith or Budweiser. I'm not really you know too sure. <clears throat> um. And then we made one final, well, maybe <laughs> not final, but.
2: Well, before that, I do want to get into this because I think this is important. You started to have a lot of success within bodybuilding. Yeah, I know you don't like to mention it, but like you won 2016 nationals overall. Right. How was it for you, Jess? Did you understand like what he was doing and at the caliber that he was doing it at? Because if you, I'm gonna say this: if you go on YouTube and you click, you type in Sean Vasquez, there's a lot of videos of you, of Gasp Nick. I mean, Destination Dallas back at its original location. Um, like you were in my eyes, kind of like looking back, like you were kind of like the guy that people were like looking at. Did you understand that Jess? Or were you just kind of like, he's just doing his bodybuilding thing?
1: For me, it was easy to, obviously I didn't understand bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. but it was easy for me to go in the support role because what Sean was doing was exactly what I did with gymnastics, Mm. like dedication, sacrifice, all of it. So if we couldn't do things or he's not eating food, it it was just like, oh, okay, we're just going to zone in and focus on this and I'm going to support here. But I feel like, again, it's one of those things where you have those blinders on and you're just working. Right. Um, So that was part of it. And, I mean, Sean was literally starting from the ground up as well in the bodybuilding community and, you know, earning what you accomplished. But when we talk about nationals, What is that movie i'm gonna i'm gonna sound kind of cheesy but always cheesy cinderella story oh yeah It just kind of reminds me like that is i mean i i really should say it's our you know part of our story um because there there were things that happened leading up to that that changed the path of how you were going to get to the competition and go through it but um I'm sure Sean's talked about it. Maybe you haven't. To where you kind of went back and forth if you were actually going to follow through and and compete. And uh, you know, Sean looked at me at one point and said, "Well, what do you think?" And I looked at him and I said, "You know what? It's not my decision. However, if if you're if you're going to opt out and you're not going to go, you know, we already have all this stuff paid for, which you know, at that time we didn't care. But if you opt out." And once the competition starts to happen and you're watching it online from our house, you need to be okay with that. You can't be mad because you opted out. If you go for it, you need to be in it 110%. Like you can't half-ass it. So it's one way or the other. Mm -hmm. And I will do whatever I need to as far as learning how to help you, learning how to critique your poses. At one time we were working out together at 20, 24-hour gym And after every workout, we would go into like the family bathroom and Sean would go through his poses and I did my best to critique him, you know, Mm -hmm. and when we went to the show, we did it completely different. We didn't stay at the host hotel. It was like, we're going to stay at our Airbnb. We're going to be in our bubble. And, um, you know, it was amazing to me because it was the first time where Sean would eat something and say, Hey, how do I look? And I could, I could very honestly say you look great. And then maybe 30 minutes later, I could be like, you're losing it. I've never been able to do that before. Mm-hmm. We went to the show and I'm sitting in the audience and nationals is crazy because, you know, everybody looks good. Fucking every, I mean,
0: <laughs> lightweights look like heavyweights. It's not,
1: it's not a local show. Right. Clearly. Um, you know, he walked on stage and then they kept moving him to the middle and in my head, I'm like, is this really happening? It's crazy and you know sean and i we didn't take our foot off the gas until it was final it was never of like it was never a moment of hey i got this in the bag we never treated it that way Mm -hmm. so that's why i call it you know our cinderella story because we didn't go into it like hey i'm gonna get my pro card i'm gonna get my pro card i'm gonna win we didn't even think you were gonna win until you won
0: well i and i think some people may know um what well, you kind of skimmed over is that I got third place two weeks prior to nationals at, you know, try to play it safe and, and requalify for the next year, get a little bit of experience, um, kind of getting ready for nationals. Um, so essentially wanted to just walk on and, you know, but uh, I didn't, we did some things that um, in hind- hindsight is always 2020, 20, right? Always. So could have done some things differently, whatever. Patrick Moore, who obviously is a Olympia, uh, con, you know, competing bodybuilder now. It was, it was maybe his like third show, um, just to show you his genetics are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, won the show. I had won it the year prior, and then uh, an, uh, another guy that I know him, but it, the name is escaping me. He beat me as well, and then most importantly, I beat, beat myself. Like just my attitude on stage, which has never been never been poor. I've always just been excited to be there. Um, that I, was,
1: that was an experience for me because Sean was on stage and it was all over, it was all over his face that he wasn't happy. And again, it what had nothing to do with the show. It was, he wasn't happy with himself and how he came in.
0: Yeah. How I felt that I looked and how I felt physically. It just didn't feel like I was there. Just, I, was I just, I just remember
1: sitting in the stands watching his body language up there and I'm thinking, what is he doing? What is he doing? Cause this is not Sean.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I got third. And, and, and it's, it's two weeks before being on stage at nationals, but, but it's actually less time to get prepared. So, uh, essentially you're, you're done Tuesday, Wednesday, Monday before nationals. Cause you have to get there and check in and stuff like that. So like, like I had a 10 days, eight days to, to get my shit together and I ate like an asshole, mm-hmm. you know, which is probably a good thing. Um, And then we even had the Saturday before nationals because I was a rep for Nutrex. We had an event in Houston that we had to work on our feet all day long. at one of the larger retailers there, uh, which she drove and helped work the event and then drove back um, still trained, obviously did cardio, et cetera, et cetera. Um,
1: But you still hadn't told people you were doing nationals. So people at the event didn't know you were doing it.
0: Yeah. Even though I I was on death (laughs) store, like if you saw me before it too, and You saw me at, you know, 218, you knew. Um, But, yeah, no, I still kind of played it off and uh, hadn't made an an official announcement. I guess the official announcement at the time was just some pictures that I I took that weekend prior. Um, But, uh, yeah, it was a wild, wild ride, man.
2: Because I feel like that was a uh, defining moment, like you were saying. Like, that was a big moment in your
0: life. It was... yeah, it was a culmination of a lot of work, mm-hmm. sacrifice, um, her supporting and, and just winning right from a, from a kid who life just beat down to the ground and I didn't even know, oh, I'm getting up off, I just, just trying to do things. Right. Right. Um. To... Just winning, right? Just a win, a check mark. And then realizing, like, oh shit, like. What did you think, Jess, when he won?
1: I think it took us, I don't know, it took us quite some time to even absorb what happened.
2: Kind of
0: a surreal moment. That's still done. It's weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's still very, very strange. You were, uh, the way you talk about it, you were like in the zone.
1: He was so much in the zone and given my background with gymnastics and like you have to be on time and you're part of a team and you know, competition starts at this time. I, my head is always operating like a clock and I always work backwards of like, how long is it going to take me to get ready? How long is it going to take to get there? We need this amount of time to, to get there, then park, then whatever. And we're at the Airbnb and Sean said before, before I even got in that mode, I'm just going to need you to trust me on this one and I will tell you when we're going to leave. And he's like, don't stress about it. Don't tell me I need to leave. Don't tell me, you know, we have 10 minutes to get there. Nothing.
0: I said, if I, if I miss it, (laughs) if I'm late, it's on me. And
1: that was so hard for me just to (laughs) let that go. But I mean, we got in the taxi and I think he missed the exit even, and yeah. we didn't even have that much leeway because that's not Sean. Sean doesn't give a leeway. He doesn't give a buffer. But he missed the exit, and we even got out of the taxi and was jogging to the convention center before you got on stage.
0: Yeah, so I walk in. I go – all the competitors are here, so I go downstairs one level, I lay down, I use the restroom, I start to eat a meal, and then again, I'm having somebody watch and like, Hey man, you, uh, they're on bodybuilding, whatever, you know, I'm like, okay. Cause that's, that's when I was going to start my little pump up and stuff. So like I literally was there maybe 10 minutes, maybe you essentially walked on stage and then went in there, did my little this, that, and the other pumped up, walked on stage in one in one. Yeah. It was fucking wild. I re- I remember winning, winning my class was like, Oh, like what? Like, I, you turn pro, once you win your class, right? Right. So when I, when he I was done. His
1: class, we were like, did that just happen?
0: Yeah, I was like, what the? F-? I was like, it was almost <laughs> laughable. Mm-hmm. It was almost laughable, but there's also a shift where I was like, I'm about to win this. Like, well, like show. I'm gonna like now we're gonna fight. Like okay, like I was surprised, and then there was a little bit of like a, a little bit different confidence, and it, it, I don't think it lasted long, but it was like. Ah, okay. Well, I can fight. And I'm a heavyweight. There's only one person technically bigger than me. Mm-hmm.
1: You hadn't competed at a heavyweight before. No,
0: the first time ever. But yeah. Heaviest I've ever been. And so it was kind of laughable. Like, holy shit. Like, what did I just do? And then it was like a little bit more of like, just focus. It was weird. The transition, like if it just gave you a, like a extra life, like a Mario or something. And then it was just focus on like, all right, like it's not, you're not done. And then when I won that, I literally was walking to get the trophy and I could not stop saying, oh shit. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Like what, like what did you just do? And, and, and if you look back, knowing what we've learned and did I create that? Because that, that mental shift right then and there, I could have easily been like, oh, I'm done. Happy, take my trophy, let's go home. I can't, I'm not gonna deserve that. I can't, I can't beat that big guy. I can't beat that Derek, who's uh, the light heavyweight who's been on the Olympia stage now. Can't beat him. But I had a shift and I started believing, like, all right, well, now you gotta, you're here. And then, uh, yeah, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, or oh fuck, oh fuck, whatever it was. It's
1: kind of funny that you just touched on that. Like, did I create that? Because Sean and I talk about this a lot, especially you know, I feel like the work that both of us are doing and, and we're, you know, learning about creating your opportunity or creating what you want to accomplish in life. And the more that we would kind of talk about it, it, it makes me think, well, did I, did I create that scenario for me at OU? Because in the back of my head before even, before OU even called me as I knew I wanted to go to, not only did I want to go to a top program but I knew I was capable of it. I just didn't know how I was going to get there. Mm-hmm. And then when, once I got there, it was, you know, I'm going to get a scholarship. But again, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And kind of the same thing for Sean is, although you never verbalized it.
0: I didn't know it. Uh, you know, you just didn't verbalize
1: a, it, but you worked your ass off and you kept your head down. And, it, you you know, you didn't you didn't talk to anybody about what you were doing, but it was in your
0: head. I always had these, like. You know, I I grew up when the popular was like YouTube with like Jay Cutler, and uh, like got really popular on YouTube. There was some Ronnie stuff, but like Jay was the guy that I watched, and just like what he would like, I was like, man, that's cool. That would be cool to do that one day. And I was some, I would like visualize myself like doing certain things like that. But like the bigger I got, the better I got. That rabbit just kept getting pushed, even though I was getting there. Like it, you know, taking a look. Where I, where I started and then let's say where I was in five years, six years, whatever it was, had I, I would have loved to have been that, but that rabbit moved. And so I never saw myself as being there or, or accomplishing any of it because I was always looking ahead on what I wanted it to, to look like. But in reality, I was living it. Mm-hmm. And so I would have those, those thoughts and visions in my head. Well, I want to, you know, I don't even know if it, I, I wanted it to be a pro. I just wanted to do that. I wanted it to be that good. Right. I mean, yeah. And I feel like, you know, all of that
2: has led you guys to here. a hundred percent. Which is pretty crazy. Think about like the relationships, the networking, the opportunities, being within the fitness space. Like it is you, something you always say, it's, it's, uh, you guys have been building pride since way before pride was even a thought or a thing. Yep. Because it is now, like I said, we're here.
0: Yep. All of the, the, the support, a lot of the support, majority of the support, uh connections have been largely due to the the seeds that I planted, mm-hmm. we had planted a long time ago. Um and and truth be told, you know, people give credibility to accomplishments within bodybuilding and fitness. Um some are are deserving and some are not. Right. And um I, so I got a lot of credibility within the space because of the accomplishments. Um and it, it, it certainly helped and is, I'm, I'm sure, continuing to help. um. But it certainly helped launching it from the relationships that I made. Right. I mean, yeah, it, even
2: from my perspective, it's I, I see it and it's like, oh, yeah, like Michael Hearn, like just send him some stuff. Like you have training videos also with Michael Hearn. Yeah. Like that's pretty surreal. And we get to meet all these amazing people and do all these amazing things because of the foundation that you guys have laid. Like one thing that I I think I personally took away from this a lot is like, you guys don't settle. And that's something that I think I genuinely appreciate because a lot of people my age, they're very, uh, I got to have this now. I got to settle now. I got to have the home now. I got to be here now. I got to have the job now where you guys just kept looking and you guys eventually are now on the path that you're on, which is pretty surreal. Like you guys never looked at it in the sense of like, Oh, by the time we're 30, we need to have X. You guys just kept going.
1: Well, and also the ability to pivot and redirect when we needed to. Because mm-hmm. uh, the last move that we had back to Oklahoma, it that was not planned. Right. I, I got approached with a job opportunity in Oklahoma, and it was kind of like one of those things of, you know, if I don't take this promotion, am I still going to have a job in Dallas? Because I, I wasn't, they weren't sure what they were going to do with that position. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, we had to pivot immediately and Sean had already placed, I think he had just placed the first PO. So we hadn't had that yet. And it was being delivered to our house in Texas. And we made, you know, the decision, the best thing was, is to, for me to take that opportunity in Oklahoma, move to Oklahoma. And, you know, the house is still in boxes and Sean's telling me, Hey, Jess, I'm going to go live on the website. And we haven't even unpacked the house yet. So, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily planned out to a T. It's just, it's being able to pivot and strategize, you know, how to move forward.
2: Right. Because I mean, even I remember picking up orders from my previous job at your house and like, damn, this guy really has the garage just maxed out to the brim with product. But like, that's, I mean, that's how they all start. That's how you start. And like, that's really cool. And I mean, I think you know, now we're here and we've kind of done a complete full sto- like circle of your guys' story. Obviously, we didn't like hit on everything because I think we could be here for a few hours. But I do want to ask this because this was the question on the last podcast. Where are you guys at in the next five years? Like as a family, as a whole, a new house? Like what are you guys planning? So. A basketball team?
0: No,
1: no basketball no. team.
2: Maybe.
0: <laughs> maybe we'll own one.
1: Oh uh, Well, hey,
2: bang, that's a pretty big thing that put out into the world. I
0: hit up Mark Cuban.
1: I was going to say we haven't talked about that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so where we will be, mom will be retired from corporate America. Um, either we're helping with with pride or I, I, I don't want to put, hey, you're going to do this because like it's open right for her. To be able to help here, but also some other stuff that we may get into. Um, we will have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old in five years. That's insane. Kenny will be 10? 10, bro. Man. 10. Just straight killing it, too. Uh, Jiu-jitsu or gymnastics or whatever basketball, whatever she wants to do. Um, Traveling as a family will be a big thing for us. Um, that's something I want. Mm-hmm.
1: For me personally, if I think about it, I mean, I know you ask as a family, but um, we were talking about it a little bit before. Everybody has a story. They just don't tell it. Right. Um, I think I'm finally at a point in my life where I don't live my life with that. or Sorry. I don't I don't live in the way that I have a chip on my shoulder that I have to prove something to people going through and accomplishing what I did at OU and then accomplishing what I did at, um, and what I have at Budweiser and continue to accomplish. And then on top of that, I feel like what Sean and I have accomplished together with the business, but even our relationship, um, I, I'm really passionate about empowering women. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's sharing my story more and being able to help women particularly. Um, but, I definitely see something down the road for that, and you know, I've I've told Sean about different business ideas that I have.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, maybe maybe I have a business, you know, specifically designed that are targeting women. I'm not so, sure.
0: So one thing I think uh, or I know that I'll say is in 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 five years, I better damn well have a better answer. That's the problem, right? i thinking too small. I'm letting fear control that answer. I'm saying I think this or I want that. But while I was very confident mom will be retired from corporate America Yeah, it, we, sooner we, than that. Yeah, you and I have talked about that for a while now. Yeah, know. and so that's that's a problem that um, – it's not a problem. It's a, it's something that I'm working on, and I think uh, – I know you are as well. But in five years, I will have a better answer than that. I'll have a better answer in, in a year, in six months. And it comes from a, a, a place of fear, not wanting to say the things out loud that I want. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck not, Right. Um, whether I'm worried about other people, other people think or judging. Um, but in reality, like what I thought about what I wanted to do with bodybuilding, I didn't think nationals, right. But the end result as far as being a pro and being a successful bodybuilder is what I wanted and I created it. I didn't tell anybody, mm-hmm. but why not say it out loud? Why not speak it into existence? And so, um, there are a lot of things that, and a lot of situations and a lot of scenarios that I want to be in I'm just not saying them out loud and sometimes I like that I like to just work on them um and so maybe I don't say them out loud on the podcast but amongst right close the circle that that I have uh I don't think there's too much um negative about saying those out you know uh, out loud and and I want to get better about that
2: right and I think the people that you know whatever they have to say like if people are like support that it's because it's out of love and the people who don't support that it's kind of like out of oh fear fear themselves yeah why would you do that it's like what do you mean why wouldn't they do that right yeah so i think that's i mean that's awesome 100 percent. that was really the only final question that i had because i think we did a great job at explaining your guys' story and where you've come from but did you have any closing thoughts jess anything you wanted to say on the podcast to let the people know
1: I feel like that's a lot of pressure. I've never closed out a podcast before.
0: Well, I can add something. <laughs> add it. So a lot of people were wondering, like, well, what the fuck does Jess do? Everything. Well, I Pride. Oh. Um, Hold us together. <laughs> so I, one thing that did not get covered, we took the move. We came here. I had a job at Nutrix. But obviously, launching a company, I didn't realize this. I, I was like, I can do both. Mm-hmm. I can do both. Well, I couldn't do both. <laughs> and so uh, I separated from that position shortly after the move. And I was, I mean, rightfully so, right? I was supposed to be in Texas. I had a company car. My territory was Oklahoma, but a small part of it. And so um, I didn't have the job. And that means I didn't have the income. And Or the insurance and this, that, and the other. and Great insurance. So for two years, I didn't pay myself either. Put everything back into inventory and growing the company. And so we survived as a family with the same lifestyle that we kind of, you know, try to enjoy today. We were pretty frugal in in certain things for sure. But um, we survived as a family off of her income and her income alone. Because I just didn't pay myself. I didn't know any better. I didn't know what I should be paying myself um and for the first six months of that we had two mortgages as well and a newborn and a newborn um and when we were in texas we had two company vehicles and two personal vehicles and we sold one of those and so we had two and one well then i lost mine so we had one so one vehicle had to figure out what we're gonna do about the other one two mortgages grateful to have them right if you don't you got to take that victim mentality out of the way. We were grateful to have them. Now we should have put one on the market to rent and had, you know, done that stuff in an investment. We didn't know any better, but we were grateful to have the opportunity, but nonetheless, it was stressful. And so when, when people say, well, what did, what does Jess do? Well, you know, right now she's packing boxes. No, right. She's got a, she's got her, her career and job and things that she does. Um, there's a lot she does in the back end whenever, like we're discussing what we're going to do, POs, new products, this, that, and the other. But for the first two years, she fed us. Yeah. For one, right. Kept the roof over our head. And so when I say she will be retired from corporate America, she will be retired from corporate America. So when people ask, well, what does she do? There you go. (laughs) I mean, yeah, she, we wouldn't be here without
2: Jess. Right. That's a, Uh, Yeah, that's a very, very important part of the story. Yeah,
1: Super flattering way to end this podcast. Strong women. (laughs) uh, (laughs) If I was just going to give maybe a one-liner or something, you know, people don't get to where they are in accomplishing great things without being uncomfortable. So you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and get outside your box.
2: And that's a great way to end it. Peace out, bye. (laughs) <laughs> thank you guys for listening this was episode six six with the one and only jkv jkv i've never said that before <laughs> but we appreciate you guys listening uh, make sure you like the video tell a friend post it on social media and we'll see you guys for the next one out peace